The stuff that comes out of our mouths may or may not be educational, have a purpose, or even be considered medical in origin. Certainly, it's not diagnostic and or advisory. Wait, that that's that's not our disclaimer, Michael. Oh, oh, <laughs> I have the wrong paper here. Hold on. Uh, the contents of the lab report are meant for educational purposes only and are not meant to be misconstrued as medical diagnosis or treatment advice. Thank you. The world of medicine can be challenging. Clinicians and patients are always looking for more options, more effective treatments, and in the end, more answers. Functional and integrative medicine focuses on addressing root causes of disease. Here at Genova Diagnostics, we've watched this field evolve and grow for over 35 years. We've not only adapted, we've led. Join us as we talk about functional medicine, laboratory testing, and optimizing health. Welcome to the Lab Report. All right, well, this is going to be a little bit weird. Uh, don't quite know what to do here without Patty. Probably not shocking to anyone. But uh, hello! This is... Uh, this is a podcast. It's uh, called The Lab Report. It's brought to you by Genova Diagnostics. Thank you, Genova. And it's where we talk about things like functional medicine, specialty lab testing, integrative therapeutics, and the like. And I think this is where Patty normally says that if you like this show, uh, you can go ahead and follow us on iTunes. You can rate, subscribe, do all the likey, subscribey sort of stuff. And uh, you can also follow us on social media where we have all the handles. A lot of shenanigans going on over there. Um, and if you have additional feedback, you can send that feedback right on over to podcast at gdx.net. That's our email address and, uh, you know, other things too that I forget, but that's what happens when I'm here by myself. So why, why am I here by myself? Well, Patty's on vacation and, uh, I kind of wanted to put together this sort of year in review, just kind of recapture or just capture a lot of the stuff that we've done over the year. Patty doesn't know I'm doing this. Um, so actually... There's a couple things I do need to run by her, and maybe I'll just get her thoughts on a couple of these things. Here, you know what? I'll stop talking. I'm sure you're tired of hearing me talk. So I'm going to call Patty real quick. Oh, Michael Chapman, how are you? Hey, Patty. Sorry to bother you uh, on, the, on the, your vacation. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Things going all right? Well... I just need, I have a bone to pick with you, okay. if I may, All right, Michael, yep. as my best friend, next time I come up with the harebrained idea of driving my car into something they're calling a bomb cyclone of a snowstorm. Towards that seems Earth, overblown. Driving toward danger. If I'm driving toward danger, why would you allow me to do that? That was not smart. I mean, you have a, you have a point there. Um, I mean, <laughs> truth be told, so I'm up in the podcast room and oh. if you're if you're there and if you're driving into a bomb cyclone or a cyclone bomb blows off over right. your head or something, yeah. Yeah. Um, then then I'm just here. Right. And so, you know, it kind of it kind of works either way. I'm going to be honest with you. So, you know, I'm, I'm just saying I'm grateful that I got here alive. Yes, that's what I meant to say. too. And, <laughs> I'm hoping that you and your family had a very nice holiday. So we're all safe, but what are you doing in the podcast room? Are you making a podcast without me? No, I was just incorporating some stuff into the board, honestly. Um, and I wanted to okay. I wanted to make sure, I was going to run a couple of these sounds by you, if oh. that's okay. Huh? Um, I, I, I guess so. Well, what, what are you talking about? Well, like one of the ones that I think really deserves to be in the board is uh, okay. when we talk to uh, our friend from Australia, you know, I just, I think that... I know what you're talking about. 
about. I know exactly what you mean. I think that that this definitely needs to be in the board just for easy access. Yep. You know what I mean? Take a listen. Yep. G'day. How's it going? Right? I mean, we could maybe even just interview or, or when we bring people on, we can use that just to say hello. Maybe it'll throw them off a little bit. I love it. Okay. I love it so much. Perfect. I love it so much. Excellent work. Well, and the other thing, too, is I have been putting together a podcast. Um, what? Don't, don't be mad. Wait. Did you get a new host? Did you get a new co-host? No, it's just me. It's just me. Well, I, I have to let the listeners know that we actually get email on the regs from people volunteering to take my job should I win the lottery and move on. And I continually remind them, Michael Chapman is a lot, and you better be okay with singing stupid jingles. So it's a crapshoot. Every time I'm off, I'm afraid someone is going to take my job as your co-host. No, I, I think you you make a good point. I, I don't I don't think anyone would put up with what you put up with. I don't even know why you do it. That's a fair point. Well, wait, so what are you doing? You're making a podcast by yourself? And so it's kind of a year in review, and I was going to get your take on some of these oh. things. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe just walk down memory lane a little bit. could be a good time. It's been quite a year. We've been doing this podcast now. We're coming in on our fourth year. It's been three years. I know. So this was a good one. We've done a lot of really interesting stuff this year. So I love the idea. What you got? Cool. Well, the first thing I have is, um, you know, looking back over the last year, we've we've definitely added some jingles and some sound effects that I think are noteworthy. And I think we're a good oh, addition. Gosh. And so I'll, let me play a little mm-hmm. compilation of these, okay? All right. Okay, you can only pick one. Oh, boy. I'm going to give you three sound effects from the board, and you have to tell me which is your favorite. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. The witch, laughing. The <laughs> Makes me laugh every <laughs> time. The annoying peacock. Uh, or the DJ air horn. Uh, out of those three, it's definitely the witch. Really? Oh, yeah. Over the peacock? For sure. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I just feel like she's really selling it, you know? She's <laughs> she really going for is. it. And she doubles down, too. I know. So the first one's like, that's not cackly enough. Uh-huh. Here she goes. <laughs> That's good, man. That's true. Good. That's a good laugh. I mean, that deserves like a, s- several of these, well, I think. Step away from the board, Michael. Well, well, those are kind of new. A little bit of a departure from our prior sound effects. This is more of a Looney Tune type vibe. Yeah, yeah. I came to me in a shower. I was like, why, yeah, the, why do we not have any, boing, 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 boing. any of these? <laughs> Slide it. <laughs> Yikes. Okay, I will say our sound effects have evolved. But the other personality that I think is in the background that has also evolved is Travis. And I don't think he's met his full potential yet. No, I agree. And I think that might be frustrating, Travis, because he's yeah. he seems to keep getting a little bit surlier every day. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's angry. Uh, yeah, and maybe he's just feeling unfulfilled. Yeah, possible. We see his face. Others do not. So that's part of it. Yeah, and, and that's probably it, because really all you get through here is just him being impatient and then us reacting to him. So we need to <laughs> probably figure out a different way here, but I'll, I'll show you exactly what I'm talking about. So yeah, Nutraval is good to determine the levels of those nutrients, but also, I mean, we might think about... Um, I, Travis, I was just getting there. <laughs> Travis has a patience. Time is it? Oh, just oh. hit the button, you know Travis. Go for it. Right on top of us talking. Question of the day. Question of the day. Question of the day. Question of the day. Wait, what time is it? Oh, I think you know what time it is. Question of the day. Question of the day. Question of the day. Question of the day. 
Wait, you know what? Hang on. Before we do the last Travis clip, it's interesting how our question of the day jingle has evolved over the years and how now Travis is involved. Yeah, I mean, sort of. He's not even in this next clip, to be honest. <laughs> Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> Sorry, Travis. Ah, Travis. Uh-huh. Good to know you still have a job over there. Okay, that is a masterpiece. Oh, whoa, I hate the gee. jingle. I love the sound effects. Oh, it, saves a, it saves a bit for me. I'll, I'll, you know. I'll keep working on it. <laughs> I will say the jingles are evolving, and so is Travis, and he seems a bit passive-aggressive, so we need to work on that. Yeah. In the next year, that's going to be one of our podcast resolutions, but as it relates, we should probably bring up maybe what's your New Year's resolution, Michael? Oh, man. Well, it's funny because after listening back through and pulling a bunch of these clips, um, you know, it does tend to remind you how important your health is. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't think about that probably as much as I right. should. Uh, as you know. Um, and so mm-hmm. I, I think the metabolic health thing is a big one. We talked a lot about metabolic right. health this year. I really mm-hmm. should take that seriously. Maybe I'll actually commit to keto this time. Um, uh, you know what I mean? I, we all say that, but it's hard. Yeah, it is hard. But, you know, again, I think it's a good reminder when you just hear from, you know, like Dr. Taylor Sittler, Dom Diagostino, right. Oh, just right. how how important these things are. Here, let, I'll, I'll show you what I'm talking about. And then if we sort of zoom out more broadly, I mean, with the number of people with diabetes and prediabetes, you're talking about one in three Americans, um, you know, half of them uh, are going to have diabetes within uh, 10 years. And, you know, two thirds of them actually don't know that there's a problem. So there's this huge issue that um, people are unaware of that puts them at risk for a number of different diseases. And that that, that risk has been building for a long time. Um, the, the way that I, uh, I mean, I first encountered this issue back in medical school um, when it was called the obesity epidemic. Mm-hmm. And I think the CDC called it that because that would allow them to step in and help mm-hmm. um, rather than leaving it up to the states, which is where medicine is normally regulated. Mm-hmm. And uh, Michael Pollan actually had a great way of describing this in, in Omnivore's Dilemma, which was already back in 2006, where he talks about the... Um, he talks about the alcohol epidemic in the U.S. in the 19th century and mm. compares it to the obesity epidemic. Now, this is a time when um, employers were actually expected to provide spirits for their employees, what? and they were yeah no they, they like you were expected. <laughs> Born in the wrong kind of like, century, Patty. Yes, <laughs> Took the words out of my mouth, Michael Chapman. <laughs> right. Instead of instead of the the you know. The artist, the artisanal yogurt, and the you know five different types of flavored water. It was like hard alcohol. Well, let, let me take this just a little bit further and dive a little bit deeper on a couple of those things you just talked about because you mentioned you know many people look at ketosis as a fad diet. Others look at ketosis as really a way of life, and this concept of meta- metabolic flexibility is getting a lot of press these days, right? Metflex using carbs when they're available, glucose when it's available versus fat when it's available. And then it comes down to that concept you just talked about, the ketogenic diet versus exogenous ketones. And I just want to dive into the difference and and does taking exogenous ketones shut off that endogenous production? How do those two things work either together or against each other? 
That's a good question. Not too many people have asked that, but it's a very good question. Uh, you know, with metabolic flexibility, when we limit carbohydrates or restrict carbohydrates, we suppress the hormone insulin. And the suppression of the hormone insulin is actually what drives fatty acid oxidation in the liver to produce ketones. So ketone production is completely dependent upon the suppression of the hormone insulin. Mm -hmm. So that, that's an important concept. Uh, and there's also limited glucose availability, uh, which decreases glycolysis. When you suppress insulin, the glycolytic pathways also get suppressed. So that is the driver for ketone production. And, uh, and you know, the more we do the ketogenic diet, the easier it kind of gets and the more benefits we derive from it and the more metabolic flexibility we can, we would have to be able to go into ketosis and to come out of ketosis. Meaning that if you follow a ketogenic diet for a period of time, get off of it and get back on again, your level of ketones will, uh, rise more rapidly mm. after. I think there's like a metabolic uh, memory associated with that. Like when we work out, we can get a certain strength level. We take time off. Mm -hmm. We get really weak after a couple, couple weeks or months. Mm -hmm. And then that strength comes back in about a third of the time that it did to get there. Okay. Right. And, uh, when we follow a ketogenic diet, there's epigenetic changes, there's upregulation in fatty acid, oxidation enzymes, transporters, ketolytic enzymes, ketone transporters called, called monocarboxylic acid transporters. Um, all these things get upregulate, up example, upregulate the transporter for its transport. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about exogenous ketones, that's circumventing the dietary restriction that's typically associated with achieving nutritional ketosis, almost like an unnatural state, some people would say. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, we have observed that if you take a large dose of a ketone ester, say you're fasted or on a ketogenic diet, and you take a large dose of a ketone ester that pushes your ketones above two millimolar, the ketone induced uh, release of insulin will then shut down. It's not like shut off or on. It's like a rheostat. Like it'll turn down uh, fatty acid oxidation and ketone production. Whereas uh, ketone salts, generally the most they can increase your ketones are about one to two millimolar. Mm. And I've never been able to get that insulin response from a ketone salt, even like two packets of, uh, of keto start, which is probably like the most potent ketone salt preparation, okay. uh, that you can get ketones elevated, but you continue to still make your own ketones, which I think is important for, uh, if you're going to use it as a lifestyle, Whereas in the context of certain seizure disorders like status epilepticus, you know, oxygen toxicity seizures and Navy SEALs or other, you know, extreme environment applications, a large dose of a ketone ester could be efficacious and uh, more ideal in those situations uh, because you have a much more rapid rise. The relative, the rapid rate of rise of ketones in the blood can shut off your ketone production. So I've seen that. Whereas a ketone electrolyte salt that has electrolytes like sodium, potassium, calcium, magnesium bound to beta hydroxybutyrate. And if you take that salt and then formulate it with a ketogenic fat, like mm -hmm. medium chain triglycerides, mm -hmm. which would be uh, caprylic triglyceride or capric triglyceride, then the fat and, and, the, and the, the electrolytes like sodium will delay gastric absorption. So you'll have a more gentle rise in ketones and a, a longer sustainment of that ketosis over time. And that seems to be, uh, that's sort of what I do personally and seems to be a better approach 
sort of as a lifestyle uh, approach, uh, maybe for enhancing cognitive function or energy. Um, and probably uh, I, I get a you know, I have access to pretty much anything and I would not take ketone esters. <laughs> oh. You know, they, they tend to be quite powerful unless you take a smaller dose. Mm -hmm. But even with a smaller dose, it seems like the rapid rate of rise of ketones tends to shut my own ketone production off. Okay. The scenario is like if I'm if I wake up and I'm like fasted or semi fasted and I was to take like a beta hydroxybutyrate monoester, for example, my ketones would go up pr pretty quickly to three to four or five millimolar. And what happens is there's a release of insulin. So you have a pretty sharp reduction in blood glucose, which is, uh, they're very powerful glucose disposal agents. But then about two hours later, the ketones come down, they get out of your system and you're hypoketotic and hypoglycemic at the same time. And yeah. for me, it gives me a headache and yeah. I just, I'd feel like brain fog mm -hmm. two hours yeah. later. Whereas if I take an electrolyte and electrolytes by themselves might be important an electrolyte bound to ketones mixed with MCT then that gives me a nice boost and sustainment of energy over time. And, you know, if you have a little bit of caffeine mixed in there too, that's mm -hmm. like, I, I think of it as like a nootropic synergistic combination. Interesting. Nice, Interesting. Nice. I will say one of the things I love so much about co-hosting this podcast is that we get to speak to geniuses in the field, like Dr. Taylor Sittler, uh, Dom yeah. Diagostino. These are geniuses and we have learned so much. Oh yeah. And I love that that is your New Year's resolution, but maybe I should talk about mine. Yeah, I, I was going to ask. I, I mean, I I was going to ask. <laughs> I, I promise. Um, <laughs> but well, yeah, do you have you been thinking about this? I don't want to put you on the spot. I mean, and no, you know how we I, think about I, New Year's I, resolutions anyway. <laughs> I know, but I think it comes back to what you said. Like we all know that we should be focused on our health, and we just don't. And I think to your point, you're going to embrace keto. But what I have found as I'm in middle age and moving forward, that the things that used to work for me just don't work anymore. And so my New Year's resolution is to embrace health, but to be kinder to myself in that and understand that hormones change, your age changes, the things that used to work may not work anymore, which is why when we spoke to Esther Blum, she resonated so deeply with me because it's that kindness to yourself to say, no, it's okay. What used to work may not work anymore. And I think her championing that for middle-aged women or middle-aged men even, and just that understanding of kindness as you try to take better control of your health. So you're saying it depends. <laughs> yes. You just, all of those, all of those words just say it depends. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. Well, on that note, I do have that clip that you were talking about with uh, Esther Blum. Excellent. How much does that little, that depression of cortisol in the evening factor into the symptoms of uh, hot flashes? Oh, it, it definitely factors in because, um, you know, if your blood sugar drops overnight, which is what spikes your cortisol levels, that can absolutely trigger hot flashes. Mm. Yeah. So there's definitely a correlation between balancing blood sugar and a decrease in hot flashes. This is why keto diets are so effective to treat hot flashes. Um, and, you know, but here's the, here's the rub is a keto diet works great for women for about three months. And after that, and, and the weight loss comes and the fat loss comes after that, the weight starts to come back because your thyroid is no longer happy eating only 30 grams of carbs per day. 
You do need carbs to convert T4 to T3, the active form of thyroid hormone. So if you're going to do keto, make sure, you know, around the three month mark, you start to titrate up your carbs. That's, that's I feel, great. I, was I feel so heard right now, Michael, well, because, <laughs> because I always say this. I was like, you know, keto works and then it doesn't. And I'm like, why? Yeah. So thank you. Thank yeah, you for I'm, that, Esther. You see, and to the point I was making earlier, the more we do the podcast, the more we learn from such great key opinion leaders in the field. And they're so smart. But I will also say, because I hang out with you, Michael Chapman, hmm. You have some pretty interesting insight yourself. So I also learn a lot from you. Oh, I mean, I don't know about that. I'm, just as an example, when anytime I try to talk about health and wellness, um, it doesn't really translate into much of anything. Here, let me, let me show you what I mean. There's exercise, and then there's walking to the refrigerator to get a drink of water or a sandwich. So these are two different types uh, of movements. All exercise to me, baby. <laughs> Brushing your teeth. That's a kind of movement. (laughs) Putting hair gel in your hair. Sore every morning. Writing on the whiteboard with your little marker. Out of breath. (laughs) Well, and Patty, we're not always talking about exercise and diet, too. I mean, we have important information to give about so many different things that that could be a problem in your life. All right, we get it. There are toxins in the outdoor air. There are some toxins in the indoor air. We do our best to mitigate those and minimize them. Mm -hmm. But why? I think the next place we should go is, why do we care? What is the effect that this has on our health? What are some of the consequences of being exposed to these things long term? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I think the long term effects are death. (laughs) And I, and I (laughs) prove me wrong. Okay. Because as far as I can see, Everyone who's exposed to bad air uh-huh. eventually dies. And the people who are not exposed to air at all also die, as you've pointed That's out earlier. That's the control group. <laughs> no, they were exposed to air at some point. Look, you're not going to fight me on this logic. There's air everywhere. It's bad. <laughs> and we all die. Those, two are, <laughs> those are truths of life. And so I've got ironclad logic here. Yeah, so then he's showing me this video of their stove. He has a gas stove, and they left the flame on. Like overnight from the <laughs> afternoon prior. It does not sound safe. No. You don't want to leave that on. It happens a lot. <laughs> it does not seem like something you should be doing on a, no. on the reg. No, an open flame <laughs> and it's going to bed. It's just, yeah, just leave that gas on. <laughs> yeah. I will say with the gas thing, what? I used to be like super paranoid around any sort of gas yeah. until I installed and then uninstalled the gas logs <laughs> in my house. Well, there's a and reason you I, uninstalled it then. <laughs> you were it still wasn't that about, recent. Oh. It, was, it just wasn't p- producing heat. So, oh. uh, yeah, but like I learned that basically because of the pressure, you know, it's it's for the most part, you're, if, if the flame's going, then it, there's no major hazard. But, uh, but it's an still, open flame. It's an open flame. Yeah, you don't want to leave like wood-burning fire, just right. fire going on in your fireplace Either overnight. Way. I'm yeah. not doing that. You the, you wanna, you, you, generally, here's a good rule. <laughs> Before you go to sleep, put out any fire. <laughs> right? That's a good rule. <laughs> I'm writing that one down. <laughs> See, this is, this is why we're friends. Because you think about things so differently. And you always have such a strange take on strange every is the right part word there. of life. But it's, it's interesting. It, it always makes me think differently. So I love it. Yeah, I mean, most people would say that's on borderline insanity, perhaps. Um, <laughs> no. You know what I mean? But it's just, it's a matter, I, I just, I, I, things, I just find things interesting, you know? It's like, yeah. I, I think it's good to stay curious. And I think we're both really good at that. We ask a yeah. lot of questions. 
of science, of each other, of day-to-day things like backing into a parking spot, moving forward into a parking spot, dog people versus cat people. I mean, we're curious about the stupidest stuff, but we're always curious. And then sometimes you just change units of measure into like British and metric things (laughs) out of nowhere. (laughs) What are you talking about? Hold the clip. Speaking of learning, Uh I came in and asked you this morning, what's the temperature outside? And you said nine. Yeah. And it's clearly not nine degrees. And so I say, well, it depends. How are you getting nine? Right. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, like any, like learning any language, I feel like immersion therapy or immersion is the best way to learn. Okay. And so um, I'm tired of being like the only person out of one percent of the global population that knows Fahrenheit and everyone else is speaking Celsius. So I just swapped it on my app. So now I'm going to attune myself with Celsius based Mm. on what's going on around me. I gotcha. So I'm trying to get familiar with like, you know, the scale, the Celsius scale, what nine feels like, what negative two (laughs) feels like. Well, are you going to start using the metric system in general, like meters, you know, Uh, I'll let you know. Um, This is this is sort of an initial test drive. This is a Mm -hmm. a beta test of this whole conversion thing. So we'll see if if I have success here and I actually feel like I've learned, then, yeah, maybe I'll uh, I'll apply it to other units. Well, can't you just take the Celsius, you times it by like 1.8 and then you add 32, right? Is that how you get to Fahrenheit? Dude, I mean, like, who does that? Are you still using Celsius or have you moved on from that? No, that lasted like a week. I figured. Yeah, yeah. 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 That, that was a big fail. Um, <laughs> so, but that's, the, I mean, I'm not... The, I'm not the only one who who looks at things a little bit differently or finds being curious about strange things. Huh? Like, remember there was like that time that you were you watched like some YouTube movie or something on Claude Shannon, the guy who created the oh! Shannon diversity. Obsessed, obsessed with Claude Shannon. He's a genius. Yeah, I mean, and that that was you convinced me. I mean, once once we found out about him, it was, right? it was pretty pretty amazing. This guy. You're welcome. You're welcome. He was the first to pioneer communicating digital information. Get out of here. Get out of here. here. Get out of here. Are you asking me to leave? This is our most rockin' episode. It is, so Anyway, fun. no, I'm it. intrigued. I want to hear more about Claude. Okay, so okay. he's like a super genius. Yeah. What's, what else does this guy do? Well, let me just say... Why'd they make a whole movie out of it? Let him? me just say, if you sent a text today or perhaps ordered something from DoorDash, you can thank Claude Shannon. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm not kidding. No, it's crazy. I just pulled up just his Wikipedia page, which is amazing. Did you know that... Claude Shannon also worked to develop a mathematical formulation for Mendelian genetics, which led to a thesis called an algebra for theoretical genetics. Get out of here. Get out of here. It's true. In addition to the Shannon index, there's something called the Shannon number, where he calculated an estimate of the game of chess's complexity, and it's still regarded today. Get out of here. Get out of here. Well, did you know that Claude Shannon back in the 50s had a mechanical mouse that he created that was programmed to go through a maze and it may have actually been the first artificial learning device of its kind. Get out of here. Get out of here. Did you know that he also proposed white space to be the 27th letter of the alphabet, which 
therefore would lower uncertainty in written language, providing a clear quantifiable link between cultural practice and probabilistic <laughs> cognition. <laughs> Come on, get out of here. That's crazy. Get out get of out here. here. Well, did you know that later in his life, he actually built a device that could solve the Rubik's Cube? Get out of here. Did you know that his hobbies included juggling, unicycling, and he's the first inventor huh? of a wearable device huh. that was used to improve the odds of playing roulette? Get out of here. Yeah, I get pretty excited about certain things. And, you know, I yeah. will tell you that it, within this podcast, you also get excited about things. And sometimes you, like, step over your words and say the wrong words. And instead of stopping and saying, let's re-record, you just keep plowing forward because you're going to find it. You're going to make it work, whatever yeah. those words are. And I am not that way. Someone would call that stubbornness. But, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. my 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 tickiness... And my stammering sometimes does lend itself to some interesting content. I guess I'll give you that. <laughs> you just keep going. You never stop. You just keep going, knowing that you're going to find it. <laughs> you mean like this? Mm-hmm. So this crossover effect between the hormones and system, the, the endocrine system would be the scientific way of saying <laughs> that, uh, and zinc and antioxidant capacity and the importance there is super fascinating and one we don't focus on as often as we probably should. Right. And we don't think about nutrition as much in the hormone system as you called it. <laughs> but but Jerk. An, another nutrient I think about is iron. So what are your thoughts on iron? <laughs> it's not important in the lung system, <laughs> the heart system. Uh, if you have additional feedback, you can send it to Pete. Whoa. You can send it to <laughs> feedback. Nope. <laughs> I want my hour back. <laughs> Podcast at gdx.net. I can speak. And that's where you send emails. Congratulations. If you think this show is fun, perhaps you could go to iTunes or Spotify and perhaps subscribe to our little quirky show here. That's right, the review. online version of Scuttlebutt. That's right. Leave that's us. where the online scuttlebutting <laughs> is happening. Leave us some stars. But sometimes they have other Scuttlebutt that they might want to share with us. That's right. And if you have feedback and you want to send it somewhere, then you can scuttle that feed butt back on over to <laughs> f- <laughs> uh, feedback. No, no, why do I keep doing I that? Podcast at gdx.net is where you send that. And if you want to follow further scuttle butt, follow us on social media Instagram, Facebook <laughs> at Genova Diagnostics. Where did this term arise, <laughs> scuttle butt? Okay, so although I literally laugh out loud at the same part, Every time I hear these recordings, there are people who are not quite as amused at us as we are. So, you know, we can't please everyone, Michael. We do the best we can. Sometimes we hit a home run. Sometimes we don't. And every time you hear about it. Yeah, it's kind of a mixed bag. I mean, it seems like some some people might be enjoying our insane banter. I don't know. Uh-huh. I mean, it's, it, it's hard to know, right? Right. Um, this one is from invaluable resource for CNSs. So, um, there's that. It's always good to hear from invaluable resource. Who doesn't want to hear from invaluable resources? Yes. Um, the, it goes like this. Found this podcast through my professional development group, CNS, a few weeks ago, and I have been listening nonstop since. Wow. What great information and such an awesome lighthearted dynamic between the hosts. When I heard the intro for Better Know a Biomarker, I literally cackled. <laughs> no. So hilarious. Now I know why you wanted to read that Thank one. you for producing such a wonderful jingle. No, podcast. Oh, that's really sweet. All right, I'm just going to pull one at random here. Okay. This is from Palma Rosa 33, uh-huh. and it's the title is, Please Stop. <laughs>
I would love to listen to this podcast for their information, but it sounds like a middle school dance. Two stars. Maybe we shouldn't read any more of these. <laughs> it's the please stop. And two stars. It gets me every time. It was your delivery, Michael. It's so funny. I don't know what you're talking about. Though, you know, the guests seem to have a good time. Uh, yeah, uh, we tend, I mean, sometimes we get some, some nice feedback from them. So that, that's helpful. Uh-huh. You, you guys are insane. <laughs> you guys are influencers, educators, and entertainers. I love the banter between you guys. So, uh, keep doing what you're doing. And, uh, I really appreciate having this platform. Michael, you didn't tell me how fun your podcast was. Truly, <laughs> <laughs> really, you guys are amazing. I mean, I've Aww. done lots of stuff. You guys have an incredible, I really mean that. Aww, Thank you so much. Boy. You know, I will say, Patty, I think probably Christian Jensky said it best out of all of those when he said that okay. we're basically insane. You guys are insane. <laughs> He's right. And we should probably add that one to the board as well. Now that you I'm guys are insane. It. I love it. I, I agree. Um, and just to demonstrate the point, I've got a couple clips here uh, that's just our general nonsense. What? Like what? No, but I think it makes the point about jargon and words and how we always try to make things more difficult and we're always using new Look, words for I old mean, things that have I been around forever. All the t- I know I, you do. The idea of making oneself sound like they know what they're talking about <laughs> by using polysyllabic words. Correct. Right in my wheelhouse. <laughs> I got a minor in polysyllabalism. <laughs> And I found this article that was basically saying red meat is good for you. It does not increase any of your cardiovascular risk factors, including TMAO. And it was sponsored by like the U.S. beef industry at the bottom when you go all the way to the bottom to the contributors. (laughs) So always have a dose of skepticism. (laughs) It's always amazing, like how researchers and research gets funded that way. I mean, you know, it's just like, (laughs) where'd you get your funding? (laughs) Beef. (laughs) is <laughs> published on cowhide. Is that how you envision the beef industry to sound in <laughs> I, conversation? I certainly didn't mean to upset anybody by well, that. No. But no, what I think is, there, I'm sure it's representative of like every rancher character I've yes. seen ever on some sort of television show. It's probably from something like The Simpsons, to okay. be true. Okay, but then that brings up the point, do you have other personifications for other industries and other voices that you think I of? don't know. I, I think this is a dangerous place to be going towards. But again, I'll defer. <laughs> yes. It's probably all Simpsons characters underneath. <laughs> Okay, well then, the beer industry. Well, yeah, it's got to be Duff Man, right? <laughs> it's fair. Duff Man! <laughs> All right, Michael, so what do you know about the mucus layer? Oh, man, I know experientially all about the mucus layer, having just gotten over a five-day wicked Uh. cold. (laughs) I mean, my house should be nicknamed the mucus layer. All right, well, it's clear you like to practice your English accent. What's your favorite mm. American accent that you can do? Oh, interesting. That I can do? Well, that's yeah. a different caveat. I was going to say, I think my favorite American accent is, like, from the UP, you know, sort of like the Minnesota and the North oh, Dakota, the Fargo. Know. Yeah. So yeah. I-, I love that that's accent. A good one. I think that's great. Um, what about you? Well, I'm just going to go back to my Nipah roots. Nipah. Northeast PA, the the Scranton accent. (laughs) Scranton has an accent? It's very distinct. Really? Yeah, instead of saying walk, they say walk, talk, coffee. That's like Boston, though. No, it's very distinct. And instead of saying one, two, three, they say couple, two, three. But the the one that's well-known in the region is saying Hena. 
Haina, what are you talking about? Haina, like isn't it so? Like this is a really long podcast, Haina. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, listening back to all of this stuff from the past year, it makes me realize why this works, why the Patty and Michael show works, because we're kind of like peanut butter and jelly, right? What do you mean? Like. I've got my lane, you've got your lane, and when you put it together, it's just magic. Like, I do content at Genova. Yeah. You're in charge of product innovation. So I think we work together very well. We gel together in the same way on the podcast and how we run our department. So I think we're just a good team. We're like, you know, peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, and I think we've we've seen what happens when we try to step into each other's roles. You know what I mean? Mm, like, yes. it's, it's, yes, not, it's not pretty. Like if I was doing the SIBO report and it were like real bad, then it, it would sound okay. something like this. Right. The gut is nasty crowded. Imagine Bourbon Street on the last night of Mardi Gras mixed with a Calcutta Bazaar and a Red Hot Chili Peppers concert. What? what? Now imagine those things running out of food, water, and electricity. That's your gut. Oh my it's mayhem. Oh Post-apocalyptic. Bacteria on pikes litter the microvilli. Antibiotics are your only option at this point and lots of them. Just like in Revelations, you might as well start over with a clean slate. <laughs> Not only are these prokaryotic minions rampaging against each other, they are poisoning you with their debauchery. Wow. It is time for you to stand up against them. Look, look at it this way. It's either you or them. <laughs> what are you going to do? Let these freeloaders lay around raiding your fridge and date your sister? <laughs> you know what you have to do. You know, I'm going to take umbrage with that because I actually loved that Siegel commentary. I think you would be great at writing content. It would just take the whole thing in a whole new direction, which is kind of what you do. And you know, the other thing that I do love and the reason I hang out with you is part of what was going to be my New Year's resolution for 2023. Uh -oh. I mean, I feel like I need to be more positive, more upbeat, <laughs> right, have more yes. energy. I yes. need to be happier and more grateful. Yes. Like you. Yes. Exactly. Just like me. You know, I mean, I don't have any signs of grumpiness at right. all. No. Um, in fact, I, I I, I'm not like a that. robot in any sort of way. No. I never see the, the glass half empty. So I, I should probably actually tone it down a bit. Yeah, I need to be more like you. You know, hmm. I am really grateful that you're my friend. Oh, that's really nice. And I'm grateful that we have this job in this platform. It's super fun. Oh, very sweet. This is where I'm supposed to go now. You're obligating me to go. <laughs> now you're asking me to, to, to perform gratitude for you. Attitude of gratitude, Michael. I'm thankful for molecular biology. <laughs> I'm sure you are. Boxing is weird. Boxing is weird. I mean... I sort of get it, but I really I don't, don't. I don't get it at all. I find it frightening. I mean, I think we've always, as a species, had a way to sort of demonstrate combat and proficiency in combat. Mm -hmm. But, like, why why the gloves? <laughs> if, if, we're, if we're demonstrating combat by punching each other in the face repeatedly right. to the point where we're unconscious, yeah. what's the point of gloves? <laughs> Just call it what it is. Punching each other in the face. Patty Devers, happy Valentine's Day. Thank you. Did you send me flowers again this year? <laughs> no, I, I don't do any <laughs> of that. You have some time. I do not. 
listen to dates on a calendar as <laughs> to govern my behavior. <laughs> Feel guilty about what sort of expenditures listen, I should be doing. Listen. Because February says so. You why know what, February? Get out of my life. Why you got to be such a robot? Do you hate presidents as well? I mean, do we need a day for president? You got your you you got elected. You got your term. You got your money. Hmm. Like I, you, you, what other professions do we need to have a day for? All right. Well, what other visceral response and rant do you have against Punxsutawney Phil on the Groundhog Day? Obviously, it's on the wrong day. I mean, if you're February second, there's no way in heck that you're gonna have immediate spring on February second. What? Why are we even bothering with this? Yeah, it's six weeks later anyway. That's really stupid. But I will say, any time that we can use a groundhog for some sort of festivities, we right. should be doing it because they're adorable. Maybe that's why they chose February 29th to be leap year. Like, get the heck out of February. I have early onset grumpiness. You do. The content houses for Instagram. You've seen or these TikTok, people. Yeah. You've seen these people. It's ridiculous. They're like dancing, staring at themselves and their phones. It's everything that it's you ridiculous. would. It's ridiculous. If you were to go onto TikTok. Uh huh. And then imagine if you put a bunch of these people together, what would it look like? In and one it's house. exactly what it it's exactly what it would look like. Would you last one week in one of these content houses? I can't last one week on the platform, <laughs> let alone anywhere near the actual production so of it. So self indulgent. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I think that's it, right? It's it's mm-hmm. a sign, like we're in the end times. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I probably have some work to do on the grumpiness front. Um but you know, it wasn't all shenanigans this year. Like we no. had some really huh? good, we had some good information. Um, oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like we had some really, and mostly from our guests, probably not anything we right. did, which is probably oh, how this works. Not. So, but right. I mean, we had some really great interviews. Like we had the the one with Dr. Pam Smith, which was super great. Right. Dr. Scott Share, yeah. um, mm. talking about hyperbaric oxygen therapy. I mean, how great were those? Profound. And it's so important that you test. I find that some providers do not do testing. I mean, no one would give thyroid hormone without measuring thyroid hormones. Mm -hmm. And the same is true of sex hormones. So when I put patients on them, male or female, I remeasure them in 90 days and every six months thereafter. And how you measure them is equally as important. So there's different ways to measure hormones. There's serum, there's saliva, and there's urine. We don't want to dose off of urine. I do urine testing all the time. It's really important to look at the metabolites, the breakdown Mm -hmm. products of hormones, but I don't dose off of the urine metabolites because how people break it down is unique to every single person. When we look at serum testing, it's great initially for most hormones. I don't tend to do it because I'm going to use saliva testing after that. Mm. So I'd like to compare saliva to saliva initially. Mm -hmm. Now, why am I going to do saliva testing? Two major reasons. Number one, there are six medical trials showing that for cortisol, not for Addison's or Cushing's disease, but looking at cortisol for hormonal balance, the six trials all show that the gold standard is saliva testing. Mm -hmm. Number two, if the hormones are put on the skin transdermally, then they don't show up in the blood. There are several minor trials showing that. We just completed a pilot trial in our own practice of which I paid for. 
I did not ask any of the labs to give me free tests or anything. I wanted to make sure there was no conflict of interest. So we looked at 20 women and five men, and we compared the serum levels with the hormones or with the testing that is in saliva. And we found that when the hormone is put on the skin, no matter what hormone it is, it does not show up in the serum in any of the patients. So if the hormones are put on the skin, you cannot use serum testing to follow the patient. And that's how people can overdose, which, you know, overdosing hormones is worse than not giving hormones at all. Mm. Yeah, right, right. And even in this, when we're talking about things you wouldn't think about that relate back to the gut, like Michael said, cardiovascular disease, one that comes up a lot is hormonal complaints, right? Like yeah. oh, hot flashes or, or whatever hormonal complaint is of the day. So last time you were here, you and Michael went on a mini rant about not <laughs> rushing. Yeah, to, you can't put us <laughs> together. We'll, 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 <laughs> you two are dangerous together. <laughs> but you're talking about how people just rush to supplement with bioidentical hormones instead of looking for those root causes. So you know, give us some example or, or some way that you think about how a patient with hormonal imbalance or symptoms thereof that would, that would send you to the stool test and, and what you're looking for there. Yeah, sure. So I would go beyond just, um, I'm assuming when you say hormone replacement, we're talking about sex hormones. So mm-hmm. I would go beyond that and, and kind of factor in the entire hormone hierarchy with, with cortisol at the top and thyroid kind of sandwiched in between. When it comes to things like stress and cortisol dysregulation. Um, I'm looking for inflammation. I'm looking for dysbiosis. I'm looking for yeast overgrowth um, because of the inflammation and the sugar dysglycemia that tends to occur with chronic cortisol elevations. Um, with regards to uh, thyroid dysfunction, I mean, if someone's hypothyroid and they are not aware of it, that's a problem. If they are and they're being medically managed, but not, in my opinion, appropriately so, where you know their numbers might be falling into the quote unquote normal range, but they're not optimal that's going to affect the motility of the gut. And that's going to affect that kind of migratory motor complex that pushes things north south. And then they're a setup for SIBO for sure, because things are just going to march from the colon to the small intestine where they don't belong. Um, so fixing that and seeing that on those tests. And then the one that I think you were really kind of speaking to would be sex hormones. Um, if someone presents with an estrogen dominant presentation uh, in the sense that they have a history of ovarian cysts, fibrocystic breast tissue, dysmenorrhea, menorrhagia, you know, PCOS, something along those lines, um, or someone that hasn't really detoxified their environment yet. Functional medicine is completely new to them and everything they cook in is plastic and everything they drink out of is plastic and all their cosmetic products have hormones in it. Those are all xenoestrogens that are going to affect them, not necessarily show up on blood as estrogen, but clearly are chunking up the system Mm -hmm. from a detox standpoint, from a gut standpoint. So I'm going to look at a GI effects to see like beta glucuronidase. Are they having enterohepatic recirculation of these things? Meaning the liver is working hard to detox, break down the estrogen into estrone. You got the good, the bad, and the ugly, the two, the 16, and the four hydroxy. And now it hopefully methylates, neutralizes, does its job, and you got to poop it out. But here comes this upregulated enzyme because of dysbiosis or whatever clips off that neutralizing factor and kicks it right back to the liver to do double duty. I mean, the body, like all of us, doesn't really want to do the same job twice, right? Mm So you want efficiency, you want optimization. Um, So I would would try to optimize those things. I would look at gut function from a detox standpoint. I would look at gut function from a extraction of nutrition standpoint. I mean, thyroid is really dependent on a, a host of different nutrients. 
um, besides just iodine, zinc, and selenium. We're talking about iron. We're talking about vitamin D, vitamin A, magnesium, um, tyrosine as an amino acid. All these things need to be factored in, and the gut affects all of them. So if someone has one of these conditions, if you haven't, A, looked at that hormone hierarchy from top to bottom, B, looked at their gut, you're probably not going to get them right. You're probably not going to get them feeling better. And the answer is not throwing bioidentical hormones at them because if they're not detoxing and getting rid of those hormones appropriately, you're creating a problem on top of a problem and that's not good. Yeah. Mm. I know, right? Well, we know it's been around a long time and literature is is rapidly evolving. I mean, the work you're doing, the work Don Diagostino is doing. My question is, how accessible is this? And do you think it'll become more mainstream anytime soon? The cat is out of the barn. Is that the expression we use? <laughs> I mean, the, uh, there's, I haven't used that expression. I don't think ever. There's probably a better one. The cats are all over the farm. The I barn. mean, you can't control yeah, them. They're just everywhere. It's, it's a little bit like the Wild West right now, guys, okay. because there's been a lot of data that came out of a research facility in Israel over the last five years, especially on reversing age, longevity, telomere length, senescent mm -hmm. cell populations, uh, some data on Alzheimer's disease, stroke, but especially the stuff on longevity that's come out over the last several years, there's just been a huge interest in what hyperbaric therapy can do and how it can potentially reverse your age. I mean, there's been studies that show, these guys have shown that you can, they've done functional MRI scans where you can look at a brain before hyperbaric treatment and then after 40 or 60 sessions, you can see the brain with all this new blood flow. And this is somebody that's in normal. That's not somebody that has any medical problems, hmm. but also in people that have traumatic brain injury and stroke, you can see these things too. But even people that are, you know, quote unquote, healthy aging at 65 years or above, they have more blood, vessel, blood vessels around their heart. So their VO2 max goes up. I am struck by some of the impressive voices that come on the podcast. Like Scott Shear's voice is like butter. And there are some speakers who come on who are so smart and so well-spoken with that amazing podcasting voice. It's, mm. This is the reason we have to depend on jingles and goofiness because we don't have that gravitas. No, that's a great point. That's a great point. And because we also have to fill time is one of the reasons right. I think we're so obsessed with games. You know what I mean? Like we don't, mm. we don't have the chops. So, Hey, let's just play a game. <laughs> it's like family game night, right? Yeah. You know, I'm not good at your games. I think you create these games just to make me crazy and look dumb, but I'm willing to give it a try. Here we go. What is 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 all right, Patty Devers, the rules for this, what is it, uh -huh. is um, I'm going to be giving you some clues, right? Okay. Kind of like that, that game show. Do you ever watch Password? Like yeah, yeah, the black yeah. and white game oh, show? We're not going to whisper, are we? No, no, okay, no. Good. There's no okay, studio good. audience involved. Good. So right. um, what we're going to do is I'm going to give you a clue, okay. one word, and from that uh -huh. you're supposed to guess the cheese that I'm thinking of. Like a word association. Yes, okay. exactly. All Let right. me get these things rolling No, not here. that one. But there we go. Um, honestly, I think this is going to be pretty easy. But for you, here we go. you are know you, the answers. Are you ready? No. The first clue okay. is pizza. Oh, come on. That's easy. Mozzarella. Nice. Good one. See, okay. I told you this is oh, going to be a right. piece of cake. You're right. Pizza cake. Uh, <laughs> so the next one I have here is also fairly simple. Wings. Um, blue cheese? That's right. Nice. That's right. You're a big fan of the blue cheese. I do like blue cheese. Okay. So the next one I have here is bagel. <laughs> oh, cream cheese. No, that's incorrect. That's incorrect. Here, let me give you another clue. Are you ready? Oh, okay. Bagel. That's the same clue. That's right. I'm still going to say cream cheese. No, uh, I'll give you one last chance here. Go ahead. Bagel. <laughs> you don't have to. 
sleep. Clues called uh, it's Asiago that goes no, on top of No, it's cream cheese, That dude. goes in the bagel. That's, that's ridiculous. Not even, that's not a type of cheese. That's just the processing, oh, right? Okay, so the next one here, uh, Euro. Euro. Or, or gyro. Or oh, euro yeah, yeah. Or feta. Feta. Good okay. One. Good okay. one, good one, yeah. Next one I have here, I just have the word gross. <laughs> this could be so many. <laughs> <laughs> like, crap. Singles? Velveeta. <laughs> <laughs> what about burger? Uh, um, Last ch- clue is cheddar? craft. Oh, American cheese. There you go. Oh, okay. You're calling Last American one. cheese gross? Yes, it is. Okay. Last one here I have is California. Hmm. Schwarzenegger have a cheese? Is there a Schwarzenegger cheese? I don't think so. Uh, Monterey. Good one. How about if I lay, like if I just lay out several different neat activities uh-huh. that I know for a fact you do okay. on a daily basis. Okay. And we see if you can guess how many calories they burn that are neat. I'm digging it. I'm digging All right, it. Let's I, go. Although you know how much I hate being wrong. <laughs> You're gonna ask me these things. You're never things? wrong. Yeah, I'm gonna ask you. These okay. are things that I have witnessed you doing in your daily life. Okay, cool. All right, I'm going to do something I've never done before. Okay. I'm going to give you control of the buttons if you so desire. <laughs> oh, I desire, sir. Okay, here. Here, I'm going to scoot uh, this thing over. Oh there you go. Beware. All right. So All right. don't be scared of the different colors there. Okay. You want to give it a whirl? Yeah, you want to practice see, a little let bit? Let me get this one warmed up. Yeah, get, definitely get that one warmed up. That one exists too, but this one, I just kind of make sure it's good. Okay. All right, first activity that's neat. Raking leaves. Raking leaves. Yes. Wow, Joe. Um, <laughs> so. How many calories? Raking leaves. I'm going to say about 250. All right. Whoa, really? Good one, good How, one. What was it? What was, it was the? 250, 250, 250-ish. Really? Yeah. All right. All right. Next one. How about playing with children? Playing with children. Yep. Well, it depends on the child, right? Fair. Um, In general. I would say 100. 200. Wow. Yeah. So you can just keep playing with the kids there, Michael. I'll just give them the tablet. (laughs) All right. Here's one that we can all get behind. Sitting in a meeting. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I've done some of those. Mm -hmm. How about... uh, I'm going to adjust based on the children one. I'm going to say like 80. Very good. 70. All right. Now, what if you're sitting in the meeting and you're also fidgeting? What's Uh, the amount for the fidget in that hour? So you said the the sitting is 70. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to give the fidget 30 for a grand total of 100. Actually, 70 for the sitting and another 70 for the fidget. Holy cow. Yes. So you can double your neat by fidgeting during a meeting. Michael Chapman, this is all up your alley. People are going to be like, what is he doing (laughs) over there? What else we got? All right. Grocery shopping with a cart. I'm going to go with 50. It's 150. Get out of here. Now. Maybe on Supermarket (laughs) Sweep. Listen. So you're shopping with the cart, 150. How much for standing then in line? Get out of here. Oh, with the, with the kid on your shoulders and then yeah, the other just, one on your hip? Just and standing. Then, um, standing. I mean, 50? Nice work, sir. Now, what I'd like to do 
is just say, in a typical day of Michael Chapman, where you're sitting in meetings, you're fidgeting, you stop on the way home, you go grocery shopping, you stand in line, you play with your kids a little bit, then you help Joe rake the leaves. You know how much we're talking? Neat activity in one day? I don't know. I don't know. It's like a thousand calories. That's crazy. It's awesome. I'm going to go eat a pizza. See, even the games can be informative. You can learn from the game. Yeah, I mean, I think I I learned from some of those games, and uh-huh. and learning doesn't just have to take the form of just like data either. You know what I mean? Right. Like sometimes we talk a little bit about like history. Uh, that what's coming to uh-huh. mind is when we do what's in a name, talking about the names right. of these herbs and where they came from. Yeah. You know? I think that's interesting too. Plus, get to put a sick groove to it. What's in a name? Love it. What's in a name? Okay. So there's always the scientific, the Latin name, right? right? And then there's the common name, but common names can come from all over the place where people just decide to call it something. Just decide to call it something. What's in a name? So that's right. where we get all the different names. Well, I go to Wikipedia and I'm looking for like the etymology, etymology of the word. What's in a name? Love it. And it says that the genus name Arnica is derived from the Greek... Arni, which is lamb, which refers to the plant's soft, hairy leaves. Arnica, soft, hairy leaves. Arnica. Uh, uh, I've got some dispute on that. Oh, no. Uh, uh, oh, no. Uh, 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 oh, no. Just because it's been used for so long that we don't exactly know. One There's one uh, one uh, mentioned here that I found where they're they're wondering whether it come, could have come from the French word arnic, uh, which means to protect oneself. Uh, um, uh, um, uh, uh, uh. So it, you know, with these things, the first kind of literature reference to arnica being used is actually dates all the way back to 1625. So uh, if that gives you any idea of the scope. Um, and they said basically what we're saying right here. It's used for bumps and bruises, getting hurt at work and walking around and stuff. But the other names, I mean, Leopard's Bane. Leopard's Bane. What's in a name? And I think of the word Bane, like the Bane of someone's existence. Is it because they thought it was a poisonous type of a plant? Plant? St. John's Wort. Like Leopard's, leopard's bane. bane is killing leopards? It's, it's the, the bane, bane of, of leopards. <laughs> it's existence. Actually, uh, yeah, pretty much they once thought that the entire genus was poisonous to animals and so you had leopard's bane you had wolf's bane so um that certainly Human was bane. Part of what's in a name okay <laughs> right julie bane right um but an interesting there's some other common names for it as well and one that stands out is mountain snuff oh i've seen it mountain tobacco maybe it's the same thing well snuff. similar right because yeah. it actually was used it was smoked um mm-hmm. and and used as snuff as well right. so you know, just demonstrating all the different ways that herbs used to kind of be part of our life. We think of smoking, right, as being just tobacco, but uh, there were, but uh, there were smoking the arnica, but uh, there were, but uh, there were smoking the arnica. There were lots of different things that would be part of a uh, a smoke combination. Hmm. I mean, people smoke just about anything they could get their hands <laughs> on, basically. Jim, grab those flowers over there. Grab those flowers over there. We can probably smoke that. Well, I have a philodendron down in my office. Can I smoke that? Don't smoke fatty. That? Don't smoke fatty. Okay. What's in a name? St. John's Wort. Don't smoke fatty. Don't smoke fatty. Okay. Fatty is bad for <laughs> Compared to some of the other herbs we've done that had tons of various really strange common names, uh-huh. Arnica 
really doesn't have that many. What's in a name? Yeah, it's true. And so, although that's kind of the list of the notable common names, there's a What's in huge a list of actual Latin names because of Arnica is a very large genus. It has a lots of different species. And so probably why we actually end up just commonly and collectively calling it Arnica. Amica. What's in a name? I mean, honestly, Patty, that, this just gives me an excuse to work on some beats sometimes. I'm not going to lie. I'm just <laughs> going to be right up front on that. Well, I would argue that although it just seems self-indulgent for us to do cool beats and Games. try to teach things in a cool way, <laughs> we actually have some really profound moments on the show within our interviews with some really smart thinkers in the world. Yeah, and it sometimes seems like a mistake, doesn't it? Like we just sort of like fell right. into some sort of brilliance. Not no. our brilliance. It's usually the guess again. <laughs> it, you know, I, I, I've been saying this for about a year now, um, and I kind of need to write write this up because probably somebody will steal it from me. Um, <laughs> hopefully not you guys. <laughs> um, is that the adaptive immune system is horribly unadaptive. It's not adaptive at all. It's got, it got this name because we thought it adapted to antigens, mm -hmm. but it doesn't adapt. It has to do all this before it gets it. It has to do it in the naive stage. Mm -hmm. It creates its antibody and T cell receptor. And the only thing a B cell can do is produce the same antibody. It can convert from IgG to IgA to IgM, whatever. Mm -hmm. It can change the handle, but it can't change what it, what it actually attaches to. Yeah. Um, so it either has to die if it attaches to something wrong, or it has to go into energy or, or told to just basically be quiet. Mm. Um, and what tells it what to do is the innate immune system, the innate mm. immune system. So these are dendritic cells, macrophages. They are the ones that have all these pattern recognition receptors that are able to tell, okay, is, is what I'm, is what I am seeing here? Is this a friendly bacteria or not? Yeah. The adaptive immune system has no clue. It just says, I'm, I bind, I don't bind. Mm -hmm. And, or if I'm a T cell, I bind and I kill, or I, you know, I don't bind. Um, so the innate immune system is highly adaptive. And, yeah. when, and when we think about the world that our children are growing up and in the world that we live in, not only is it social media and an excessive dopamine hits, I'm struck by this concept that although you've very succinctly defined addiction, we know that society sometimes re it rewards behaviors that may seem addictive, like a workaholic or a winning mm -hmm. athlete. Like mm -hmm. that's addictive type behavior. So my question to you is: When you're trying to navigate this world, knowing that society does reward certain behaviors, where's that line? Like, where do yeah. you know that this becomes a problem? Yes, that fourth C, the consequences is different. Yeah, is, is, depending is on that the really addiction. what it is? Yeah. Yeah, such a great point. You're absolutely right. I think the workaholism and also the, the athletic piece, especially a way that children's sports have become now mm -hmm. like so professionalized at younger and younger ages, plus then augmented by social media where they're now, you know, um, comparing themselves, not just to people on their team, but like people all over the country or all over the world at age 13, mm -hmm. you know, we know who the fastest miler is in the entire United States. That's absurd. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, it is, it is hard to, to know where that line is between adaptive, passionate engagement with a, um, a behavior or, or even a substance and where we've crossed over, you know, into addiction. I think the first step is really just openly talking about it and acknowledging it. 
and also including in the ways in which you know workaholism is so celebrated in our culture and and other types of narcissistically invested endeavors and yet ultimately can be very destructive for the individual and for their own relationships and i just want to focus in on those words dr anna lemke just said there narcissistic endeavors Why and are you as, at me? It relates, as it relates to our podcast we do a lot of obsessing about various animals and more specifically insects and i'm looking at you michael chapman <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we do talk a lot about animals, and I talk a lot about <laughs> insects. You're right. Yes. You're right. In fact, take a listen. The craziest thing about this article, which okay. is at the very end where they're, right. they're saying, you know, but overall shark attacks are pretty rare. Uh-huh. Um, and then they quoted the stat, which was worldwide there are 137 shark attacks last year, 73 of them unprovoked. <laughs> And it, I was like, I read that, and my brain came to a screeching halt. I was like, Record scratch. how many <laughs> provoked attacks are there? How are who's who, are who is out there provoking shark attacks? Like, I don't. <laughs> what does that mean? I must not be understanding the definition. But if that's in there, and that's their summary yeah. paragraph, who are those people? I want to know more. <laughs> I'm left how? knowing, not knowing what I need to know. It's a good stat, though. And I will say. The pangolin answer was surprising. Pangolins are kind of they're kind of creepy looking. You, they're scaly, like anteater looking things, right? They're interesting. They're not an animal yeah. that I think I would naturally like. It was a surprising answer when someone's yeah. like, not a lot of normal pangolin conversation happening on a daily basis. I, I don't will think. I will say, it's a not surprising answer when you're speaking to someone who's like a visionary and just thinks differently than everyone else. So that sort of makes sense to me now. Look, honestly, mm-hmm. anything that is responsible for the death of ants, <laughs> including <laughs> eating them, is okay in my book. Why do you hate ants so viscerally? What's not to hate? <laughs> but the other thing that struck me was yeah. the fact that she came up with peacock and we happen to have a peacock sound at the ready in the soundboard. That's true. I, well, and the peacock is kind of iconic. I mm-hmm. mean, so, you know, that's one reason why it's in the board. But probably give it another year and we might have like every single animal in the animal kingdom that in that cool. board. Except ants. I hate ants. Um, but ants don't make any sound. No, they don't. Although, I would imagine that if their queen made a sound, it would sound like this. <laughs> so after that fiasco, are you afraid to mow your lawn? Oh, man. Yeah, I'm afraid I would of be. everything. I would be. I'm naturally afraid of everything, <laughs> especially yellow jackets. Yes. We talked about that. I know. Hello. Hey, Michael Chapman. How are you today? I'm doing all right. It took me weeks to get over that attack. Dude. For those who aren't aware of what we're talking about, I got attacked by yellow jackets again. Mowing his lawn. Again. His hatred of insects just grows and grows every day. It's the hatred that's bringing them to my yard. That is. You're summoning them. So not only were the four yellow jacket stings pretty bad Uh but the worst part was as I was running away and I managed to make it to my front door there was still one yellow jacket crawling up my shirt and waiting to sting again because the thing is these monsters they can sting multiple times they don't care well you know it's starting to add up here we had the ants which you hate we had the ticks you had a visceral reaction to the ticks now we're at yellow jackets what's next? mosquitoes Oh, okay. I mean, things that suck your blood, things that bite, sting. Fair. Uh, all on the list. I'm not arguing General that nuisances. list. General <laughs> nuisances. I'm actually pretty good with spiders. I'm cool with spiders. Oh, good. Have you ever been bitten by a tick, Michael? I have. Really? Uh, yeah, I have been bitten by a tick. As a grown-up or as an adult? As 
as a grown-up. <laughs> and, uh, so, as a child or an adult. As a grown-up. Uh, <laughs> we we noticed it fairly quickly, so there wasn't any real concern about okay. tick-borne illnesses. Or, so with ticks, the longer that they are uh, on you mm-hmm. and become engorged, that's really when the, the right. danger comes in. So, no, yes. uh, how about you? Have you ever been bit by a tick? No, because ticks are mainly outside, and that's there's true. not a lot of ticks in my living room that's watching true. YouTube. Yeah, you do have to go so outside. <laughs> that's a big no. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Would you be able to identify a tick? Do you I've even never, know what they look I like? I have never seen a tick. Have you? <laughs> I grew up in the Northeast, and even with my sisters and being outside as kids, I don't think I've ever even seen a tick. Which is amazing. I've seen pictures of ticks all through medical school, etc. Never seen a tick. <laughs> Sorry. Except for on me. That's right. My, my own ticks. That's right. Let me just stop and say, when you have a list of symptoms, and then you look down at the very bottom, and it just says death with a period, <laughs> it's like, you know, not, good. Just, it's not a good no. thing to have. Um, but, you know, again, if you get bit by a tick, um, yep. then, and then you start to develop flu-like symptoms, you get your booty to the hospital. <laughs> yes. Okay? Um, good plan. And actually, it's it's interesting. You were talking about Rocky Mountain spotted yeah. fever. Uh, my, my wife's uncle actually developed it and I think obesiosis no Rocky Mountain spotted fever Uh, and he almost died uh, see he like basically I think waited several days was like I'll get over it you know that sort of thing yeah outdoorsy people I got it (laughs) (laughs) dirt uh, on it right (laughs) exactly and it's like oh you're almost dead so um, yeah you just gotta be careful with any sort of this is just one of the reasons why ticks are the worst. Okay, I'm starting the to. I'm, worst. I'm on your team on this now. Okay, you've convinced me. And you know the recurrent theme for the past you know three years, Michael, mm. is at the end of every interview, it's my job to wrap it up, bring it back to. We're going to encourage you to go to the website, buy the book. Yeah. And I always have this line: before we let you go, we do have one last question that I'm going to kick to Michael Chapman, and I'm going to end this podcast by saying. Although this was such a great year in review, we do have one last section that I'm going to kick to Michael Chapman. And it's a doozy. Uh-oh. The fireball. What is your favorite sea animal? Whoa. Favorite sea animal. Thank you for asking that again. So my, I, I would be in big trouble if I didn't say the giant manta rays. <laughs> for sure. My wife did oh. her PhD yeah. on uh, their, their brains of manta rays and actually discovered they have the largest brains of all fish. Oh. So we actually spend a, quite a bit of time, uh, our, our vacation time, studying them, diving with them, uh, studying their behavior. Mm-hmm. She was just interviewed for a documentary on this and uh and they are just amazing creatures so definitely have to say the giant manta ray do you have a favorite wild animal (laughs) (laughs) um what would be my favorite wild animal i think you know it's got to be the pangolin (laughs) (laughs) my uh my daughter got this book called tales mm-hmm. and it's got all these unusual a- animals in it and she's been going around saying pangolin yeah pangolin. yeah 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 <laughs> so that's that's currently my favorite wild i animal. know that book i was just gonna say that michael i'm sure you have I this just, book at home yeah true or false <gasps> a virus is a living organism hmm Oh my goodness! Existential crisis. Look at what, what is life? What if you're asking me? What li- what is life? That's what I did there. Yeah. Um, exactly. Wow. Wow. I, I think that you know, 
I'd hate to say yes or no to that because I'm sure I will get a lot of people. <laughs> about it. Here comes the mail. And, and there's probably a lot of people wondering, why are you even asking this question? Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say, I would say hmm. yes, okay. but in a very, it's, it's a, it's a hijacked living organism, meaning it's a, it's a hijacking living organism, meaning it's a, it's, it is the, it is the ultimate definition of a parasite meaning it can't really survive without it on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, but it does seem to have a life of its own Yeah, mm. in a sense. So, so I, I, that is, that's a very tricky. I think the sandwich <laughs> uh, question would have been a lot easier. What is the best smell on the planet? Whoa. Whoa, Michael. That's intense. The best that, smell that on the is planet. an intense question. Well, the first thing that comes to me, which is interesting in a lot of different ways, is campfire smell. Mm. The uh, the smell of of just the being around a fire in the evening in a campfire wow. like in the woods. It just gives you that feeling of peace, that feeling of of just grounding, uh, wow. I would say. Yeah. So that's, that's the first smell that comes to mind, I would say, is that, uh, wow. campfire. That was yeah. profound. That's a great one. And I think that fits in with the evolutionary medicine aspect too. Profundity. So indeed. Oh, well done. Well wow. done. Wow. Full <laughs> circle, everyone. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> this show. Yeah. This is awesome. Yeah, there, yeah. yeah, there is something to that though, Michael, in the sense yes. of yes. getting back to our evolutionary roots in the ways, or at least understanding what those were. And then that's how we that's how we optimize and help optimization medicine practice. It's like we're not optimizing for the the man now or the woman now. It's the paleo- paleolithic man and women, which is most of our evolution up until that point. And so that's how we think of the perspective on the evolutionary medicine side. So I don't get to get around a campfire too often, but when I do, it's <laughs> it's that feeling of grounding and that feeling of, I don't know, it just- Are you kidding? I'm like, it's the right place to be. When did I meet you, Christian? Like six <laughs> years ago, yeah? We met? Yeah. And so yeah. here we are years later. We spoke on the phone. Yeah. We spoke on the yeah. phone and- um, it was when I was just a young buck learning this stuff and, and Genova offers um, consultations to help interpret these tests. And, and you were my first consultant that Aww. helped me get through my tests. Yeah. <laughs> no wonder you're so smart. No, <laughs> <laughs> no but what the audience do- doesn't know is that Christian calls us the wolf pack now, the three of us. That's right. Patty we and are. Michael and Christian. Well, this has been, like I said, a masterclass, Christian. But before we let you go, we yeah. do have one last question. Yeah, you I'm know how this my- works. You've been here before, sir. The, the fireball question. I'm, I'm going go. to warn you, this is a doozy. Oh, no. This is a doozy. Come on. I, I literally, no, I, don't, I haven't on. even been listening to you. I've just been thinking. <laughs> about what I can what can, <laughs> I can play on you. And uh, so the question is, what is the best 80s movie? Whoa. Oh, gosh. Whoa. Oh, my I'm gosh. I'm not playing today. All of them. All of them. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't... I don't have it like I I must I I was born in 75 so that was literally from like when I was 5 to 15. Um, <laughs> probably... I don't like any of the John Hughes movies, oh, weren't right, those 80s right. movies? Yes. Like Breakfast Club, like yes, all of them, like yes. all of those were just killer. Like that was kind of our generation, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just too many. Uh, back, I would say back to probably the future. those. Yeah. Say again? Back to the Future, right? Yes. Like oh, gosh, yes. That yeah, that has to be up there. Yeah, karate, the karate, karate Kid for me. Yeah. For, yeah. Yeah, karate Kid for sure, mm-hmm. definitely. <laughs> but just the first ones. I didn't love the sequels of those. True. Yeah, good point. <laughs> what? is your favorite sa- well first do you like sandwiches 
And then two, if you do, uh, what's your favorite type of sandwich? I really like sandwiches. <laughs> I will, I will tell you my wife during COVID it was, it was hard because I was at home, you know, and my wife would just deliver me <laughs> food, food all day long. I was just sitting there and just on the computer. I never had to leave. And she would always make me sandwiches for, for lunch. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have this love hate relationship with sandwiches because I don't do well with, you know, carbs in general, you know? And so, but I, you know, I love a good sandwich. So sure. I, I would say a, 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 either a turkey sandwich with mm-hmm. bacon mm-hmm. Uh, or just a nice BLT. Oh, uh, yeah. nice. You know, classic. Those are probably, you know, my two. Okay, Michael, you were right. This is worth calling me halfway across the country for to relive the past year. And I will say, <laughs> it's hard to disturb year, your vacation. This podcast gets better and better. I think you and I learn so much more about each other and about medicine and about the world. And I just, I'm looking forward to 2023. Much more to come. Yeah. I, I think there's, there's endless room for more antics and for more information and more jingles too. I mean, always more jingles and I'll, I'll keep working on that. I'll keep working on it. Oh, please don't. Oh, well, I couldn't agree more. You've been listening to The Lab Report. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, rate us, and leave us a review. To learn more about Genova Diagnostics, visit our website at gdx.net. There you'll find information on specific testing, educational resources, and how to connect with our show. Call us at 1-800-522-4762 or email us at podcast at gdx.net. Patty, before I let you go... um, there's yeah. one thing we need to take care of housekeeping wise, um, because we use so much of the content from the lifestyle matrix. Oh, um, right. Yeah. We still, I think we owe Josiah a, a holiday present. Can you take care of that for me? Yeah. I think I know what you're talking about here. Yeah. And you can totally rely on their information. I mean, we, like you said, we go we through it, it all the time. We yes. use it all the time. It's the majority of the content for this podcast, to tell you the truth. <laughs> I mean, we just pull it right from those books because they're fully referenced and we don't want to do our own work. I mean, <laughs> we just, we should be having him on a retainer or something, I'm sure. But sad. tell you what, Josiah, turkey sando on us. <laughs> sando. Send you a gift card. Sando.